So hi guys, welcome back to the second episode of Ice Black. Today I have a new guest with me actually, uh, physically here, Jamie. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jamie. I went to high school with T and yes. a year above, or two actually, I don't know. Um, a year above. <laughs> I'm a year above, yeah. a couple of years older. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, we met in high school, and I think the reason why I really wanted Jamie to be a guest on my podcast is because I think we were both kind of known for being very outspoken, and at the time I thought that was a negative thing, but now I really, really appreciate that about the both of us, Mm. so I want to have her on here, also because she's also grown up in Japan, kind of like me, and experienced a lot of different things being a foreigner here so yeah let's talk about some things right so like i i originally wanted to focus on gender but i also wanted to be open to a lot of different live topics so i kind of wanted to ask you like how has it been or how has kind of life changed after you graduated from isaac being like an international school and transitioning back to kind of like a Japanese school. Japanese school, yeah. So for me, because I go to a school that's mostly Japanese, but my it's just my faculty that's that has a lot of kikokushijo, like mm. returnees from overseas mm. and people who went to international schools. But I've never really wanted to classify myself as like either because I, I did go to like a Japanese public school mm. for half of my time or mm. half of my education prior yeah Yeah. like i went to i went to an elementary school that Mm -hmm. was like everything was done in japanese yeah so i don't see a lot of like conformity that people would assume you would see in Mm. a japanese university but that's that's like one thing but Mm. there is like i thought it was funny when you said like earlier like outspoken yeah because I was thinking, like, yeah, like, in high school, we were both outspoken, but we weren't, like, close. Yes. So we weren't outspoken together. Yes. <laughs> we were, like, outspoken in our own, like, corner. Uh, so we'd never hear each yeah, other. Yeah, so true. And I'm, like, the same way in, in university mm. now. Like, I'm not really, like, a very outspoken person mm. because being outspoken is, it's not a virtue. Yes. Here. Yeah, not, like in, where I not in Japanese society. But I think also just in general, I think in university, it's harder to be categorized as something like that because like classes are so huge compared to the high school we went to was so small that it was really easy to see everyone's personalities kind of immediately. Mm. Mm. I think though, like I did care, I do carry a bit of like high school with me. Mm. For example, like I was telling you earlier with group work. Yeah. I expect (laughs) everyone to put in an effort if there's anyone that's not putting in Mm. effort like the same as everyone i will like call them out yeah but i've heard from a lot of my university friends that that doesn't happen with other groups and i was shocked Mm. i think like what what i always found interesting like when i first moved to japan and i went to i also went to like a normal public school there is like this culture that you have to apologize all the time but you apologize after making the mistake uh-huh. so to me it's like it's kind of useless yeah anyways because you still 
did the thing knowing that it was wrong <laughs> no you matter how much you, know you apologize story, what story i'm thinking of what i won't say names okay don't say names i will not say names <laughs> but when my ex-boyfriend started dating a friend of mine that friend of mine like knelt in front of me and she said i'm sorry what yeah. i did not know this she like came like this uh-huh i'm kneeling <laughs> and she said i'm really sorry and i'm like don't be sorry because don't ap- I, said, so don't, I said don't apologize because uh, if you were really sorry like you wouldn't have done it that's true and she did it like the same day that they started dating i'm like this is very strange mm. yeah that is one thing that we've had to I guess adapt to and then one other thing that i was thinking about like we had lunch before we recorded this and like you were talking about how you were like lecturing your work friends about something i i was always thinking like something about especially japanese boys mm. like when i talk to them about something that's important to me for example mm. like gender discrimination yeah. if they can't relate instead of like asking questions they'll just be like hmm, and like nod uh, their heads <laughs> i haven't had that really like, like how do they react for me they were actually pretty like they were saying like oh but you know what i because we were talking specifically mm. about gender roles in a family mm-hmm. like i was oh. like because i said i hate that when people talk about what kind what like what kind of family they want to have the first thing they say is i first want to have a daughter because mm. my daughter will help around with the house there's that expectation uh, of like when a girl is born she will yeah. serve like mm. to an extent that's there's that like it, i don't know like it's ingrained but do you think it's actually because i honestly don't know if there's like a scientific explanation like i personally don't feel like women are naturally ingrained to be more caring or more nurturing Mm. i feel like it's just a societal thing that like for example a lot of research states that women are less likely to commit suicide because they have more ties in the community Mm. like they have so many roles and responsibilities to fulfill as daughters mothers wives even girlfriends but then those roles are created by society the media etc so if those weren't a thing then would women still act so nice and caring and sweet but but i know plenty of like women girls that Mm. don't fit that yeah what you just described yeah i mean I don't do you I don't know I don't I personally don't feel like I act like that either which is why like it's so interesting when I feel like that's put forward as the ideal type of Japanese family where the mother is super like like, makes the cool bentos and like what really (laughs) makes me so conflicted with this Mm. like type of conversation is I know like I know a girl or two that they say like oh i want to get married Mm. and i want to be a housewife and i think like i don't want to say like i feel bad for them because Mm -hmm. i don't like if that's what they want Mm. but then i'm thinking why do they want that is it just something that i don't understand or is it something that they were taught from a young age that this is the greatest joy like Mm. where does it come from but then i'm thinking right Mm. where does that judgment come from as well true where does my own like for me to be honest i've never met a woman who told me that or a girl my age who told me that she wanted to become a housewife Uh. and actually had a reason for it except for 
there are too many constraints of being a working mother uh, as in the, like you want to spend more time with your children and you want to be there for their childhood and, and etc things that can essentially be solved as in you can still work and have time with your kids yeah. but obviously there would have to be certain sacrifices made mm-hmm. and they wouldn't want to make those sacrifices but I've never heard someone who was like I want to be a housewife because and I don't want to work at all like I'm not interested in having a career it's mostly that although I'm interested in working mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have time to be with my family which which is where I feel like that's sad because I feel like it should be normal for women to have those two parts of their lives just like men do because I've never heard a man be like oh I can't have a career because I want to have children because if that was the case then that would be a problem for everyone if that was like a valid enough reason well valid is (laughs) subjective but right Things That's only why, become a yeah. problem when it inconveniences mm. mostly men. True. <laughs> no. That is true. Yeah. I've seen, like, a few men in Japan taking, like, um, like the, the parental leave recently. Uh, and I think that's, like, a very, very big step. Yeah. But it's still very rare. And it's, like, in big companies mostly. Yeah. And I remember even in big companies, mm. like, seven years ago, there was a foreigner who applied for like a paternity leave mm-hmm. and then he was given it but then he was fired wow yeah, and there was like that whole that is sad fiasco mm. but how do you think like do you think it's a problem within the companies or within the general culture around women because for example like when i was in primary school mm-hmm. my mom was the only working mother mm-hmm. out of the entire parents of my class and so like she could never attend the PTA well ah. she couldn't speak Japanese so it's yeah. not like she would do much and but like same yeah <laughs> yeah so like do you think it's a problem with the companies who are making these decisions or how 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 can we make for example more men take um paternal leaves I think there's like hold on I think because mm. you know in like post-war Japan mm-hmm. and it was promised li- like lifetime employment was promised oh yeah so your absolute loyalty to the mm. company was required and loyalty meant like you would put in 120% of your effort yeah. and time and I think that like remained that mm. essence is still like predominant talking about loyalty to the company Mm -hmm. like i that that notion is so scary to me especially i think coming from france we don't necessarily have that special attachment to work to work or to to uh, to where we work yeah and then like i feel like it's the source of so many issues like the other day well, not even the other day. Like, last night, I was coming back from dance practice at, like, 10 p.m. And there was, like, this salary man in front of me. And he looked like he was about to pass out from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And that was just so sad to see that... And especially during this time with, like, the coronavirus. It's mm-hmm. definitely not the time in which you should be overworking yourself. Yeah. I'm, You know, like, 
it's in high school you sort mm. of brag like oh bro like I never I didn't get, yeah. I didn't get sleep last night yeah I feel like a lot of companies are just an extension of that like true I'm swamped with work I have so many projects mm. going on and then it's you one up each other with yeah. how much workload you have sort of yeah what is that <laughs> I don't I don't understand because essentially like as a business student, we always talk about productivity and how how it can be improved and blah blah blah. But never has any of have any of my teachers stated that more time at work equals more Japan productivity. Japan consistently ranks low. Yeah. In that like productivity survey mm. for like for a country where working forty hours a week is seen yeah. as the bare minimum. Yeah. That's actually pretty like. I want to say pathetic, but it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, and it's linked to the way that I think, or the reason why so many women want to become housewives is just because the working times are insane, I think, also. Like, I've seen so many of my friends growing up grow up kind of barely seeing their dads. Mm. And that's so sad to me. With that, like, dad thing, I just Mm. remembered... Dads are really detached from their kids. Yes, yes, yes. Here, yes, specifically. Yes. Here specifically so is what true. I've noticed, like in Japan. Like I know so many of my mm. my friends, like both girls and boys, yeah. that are like that that talk about. Oh yeah, I never saw my dad. Mm. So now that they're older, they don't know what to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. I mean, I grew up without yeah. my dad. Like my parents were divorced. Me too. So my like i would see my dad like every once in a while mm-hmm. but then we'd have something to talk about which mm-hmm. is why like now we have something to talk about mm-hmm. like when i went back to the philippines he picked me up mm-hmm. we were in a car ride for like three hours because of uh, the christmas traffic and we had stuff to talk about mm-hmm. so i don't understand when when like when my classmates they live with their parents yeah and they say like yeah well, i was stuck with my dad in the living room the other day and i didn't have anything to talk about like that's what is sad. that what do you need talk about your day it's but that's the like that's from work yeah what is one thing but also i feel like there might just not be a culture around hobbies like i feel like uh, i don't know a lot of japanese people who have actual hobbies mm-hmm. except for like in university we have like sakura which mm-hmm. is like basically clubs and i'm in the dance club but then apart from people who do sports or people who might do like calligraphy or art when they when they graduate i don't think most of them will ever continue that Uh, and then i don't know many salary men or working people who actually have a hobby except for like gaming and like yeah i think a few decades ago a classic hobby that they used to have Mm. for salary men were like fishing Oh yeah, fishing or golf. But even that has turned into a oh, business yeah, opportunity. Mm. You know, like where you just set that mm. or what is the that? I don't know what that is. I don't know fish. how to translate that either. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bilingual problems. <laughs> um, it's when I don't know enough business language to like explain it. I don't know enough Japanese business language to explain it. 
it's basically when you're trying to not impress the other company but you're trying to get them to like you so you get the contract well it's like it's like a form of negotiation it is basically. a form of negotiation yeah. but there's the guise of we're doing this through yeah. hobbies but no one <laughs> hobbies in quotation marks yeah, hmm. people have turned their hobbies into business opportunities yeah that's oh my god i was literally talking about this well mm. talking i was like i tweeted about this uh-huh. the other day that like i feel like constantly pressured to try to make money out of my hobbies uh-huh. because i'm so interested in a lot of things like dance singing and business and gender and a lot of different things and i always look at my friends because all, almost all of my friends have some type of creative hobby and there's so many things that I can't do that I wish I was able to do like draw, paint, oh. like I don't know, some some sports or photography and then they're so amazing at it and I'm just like, why don't you use that? Why don't you do something? Mm-hmm. But that's such a like, I don't know, millennial Gen Z pressure I think it's like internalized capitalism. Yes. I always <laughs> say like capitalism is a scam and I'm a business student, but mm. like I feel like it's turned us into these just machines. Yeah, like when you're not doing anything and you feel guilty because yeah. you're not being productive. Yeah. But what is productivity? Like out <laughs> outside of the general business term that it is. I don't know it means what you want it to mean yeah sort of it's kind of just using your time wisely mm-hmm. but then but we've ne- like related yeah. that to, to money. money because essentially if your goal is to make money then yes what you're t- it would make sense to work as much as possible but if your goal is simply to be happy mm-hmm. then not necessarily yeah hmm. that's also a problem that i think about all the time (laughs) i don't know why Mm. because that's like related to the overworking problem in japan as well but i don't know if people realize how much they're working almost yeah because like i was the only one who was looking at that man like the man in the subway station Uh. almost about to pass out like everyone else just acted like nothing was happening Mm -hmm. so i was like I know this is definitely not normal, but it's normal, I guess. It's normalized. Normalized, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so there is no conclusion on this. Of course. But I, I like, because these are all ongoing <laughs> yeah. issues in Japanese society. I wanted to ask you, like, how has it been growing up being Filipino uh-huh. in Japan? And like what has that been like um so well actually i'll have to talk about my cousin Mm -hmm. before i go into myself Mm -hmm. my own experience i mean so it was like late 80s early 90s when the bubble bursted Uh, in japan uh. and that was when a lot of filipino workers came to japan Uh and my mom my aunts sort of came with that wave Mm. this is when like subways didn't have like english Wow. So my mom would like count 
because like her sisters would tell her, mm-hmm. okay, you have to stop the twelfth stop. Wow. So they would count like, okay. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. but my cousin is like is darker than me, mm-hmm. um, and she was bullied in elementary school, mm. and then so much so that like when it was time to go to school, she would throw up. Wow. That's how like I don't know like nervous or it wasn't it, mm. it's not like I don't think that's in the range of nervousness but that's yeah. how badly she was bullied that she still talks about it today oh. bullying is actually a huge problem well, in Japanese yeah. schools I, I don't think it doesn't look like it from from the outside well I don't know for me like I've gone to schools in five different countries mm-hmm. And Japan was the worst, yeah. like bu- bullying-wise. I think it's, I think it's, particularly, akushitsu. It's malicious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because schools like to pretend like nothing yes, is happening as well. Yes. And it's up to the the homeroom teachers. Yeah. To report to it. To report it. To actually but they're something. not professionals, like in terms of, mm. like, bullying. Yeah, child psychology, mental health. Which reminds me of that court case. Um, it's ongoing. Mm. Um, the mom. So I don't know if you heard. Like there was a, in Japan. Yeah, a fourth grader that was murdered by her parents. I haven't heard. Oh, oh. my god. So it's like a fourth grader uh-huh. who drowned in their. Sorry, this is getting really dark. Mm-hmm. In in their house, like bath. Trigger warning. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like. Um, so she asked her uh-huh. school for help and they didn't and they they did they, they, they did, did try to help her so they the guardianship like her parents mm-hmm. guardianship is that what it's called yeah shinken yeah yeah was taken away temporarily mm-hmm. and given it given to her grandparents ah. but because her dad found out that she had asked her school for help he made her write that it was a lie what and tell it to hell? the school and that's how their guardianship was given back oh no which i think is really fucked up yeah there is a sim well there's like a similar case in the u.s actually right now yeah which one i don't remember the names but i keep seeing it on my i, I keep reading the news about this and it's really sad because <laughs> there there's basically it's basically the same story the child was being abused by his mother uh-huh. and her boyfriend right. and asked um, a teacher for help at ah, school yes. and then the teacher contacted social workers uh-huh. but the social workers weren't really doing anything and so the child died right. Yeah, that is incredibly sad and unfortunately common Yeah, which is like why I feel like it's so important that teachers are trained in things like mental health and child psychology. So that brings me back to like with teachers. Mm. So in Japan, teachers do not get paid overtime. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because they're um, they're government workers. Mm-hmm. They're not technically supposed to have overtime, but mm-hmm. they do, right? But they do, yeah. yeah. But they don't get paid for it because that's just seen as oh, they're doing that out. Yeah. Like, out of their own goodwill like, yeah goodwill their own volition <sighs> which is you know like it's not which mm. is why so many teachers get like they quit a lot of them quit. yeah 
It's the same issue, like, right, in America. Yeah, in France, too. It's a huge problem. Yeah. In that regards, like, I'm trying to think, like, when I was in elementary school, I still remember my teachers, and they were really nice to me. Mm. Not, I don't know if it was because I was, like, the foreigner in the mm. classroom, and they didn't know how to deal with me. Mm. But they asked my mom, like, during one of the rare times that my mom made it to PTAs. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And they asked her, like, would you like us to treat her, like, specially? Mm-hmm. My mom was like, what? <laughs> like, no, we just treat her, like, normal, like the regular kids, like mm-hmm. everyone else. And that was kind of nice. <laughs> I don't know if I was treated special. In a certain to a certain extent, I feel like I was treated special as in the other kids mm. realized that. So at first, like when I first moved, I didn't know a word of Japanese at all. And then I was in the fourth grade, which is already pretty advanced. Yeah. Like when you're ten years old, you yeah. know how to speak, right? Etc. So like the first year I was almost bullied. It's like but then I would fight back all the time. So mm-hmm. I think after a few months, they got tired and they were like, okay, let's actually try to accept this girl. <laughs> She's too weird for us. And then, like, because I was so outspoken and I would always, like, of course, I would, like, understand Japanese culture as much as possible. I took Japanese classes every day and night and I would, like, be quiet in class. But then when it came to, like, topics like history social studies mm-hmm. i would always try to express myself and ask questions especially because in france those are topics that are really important to us culturally with like the french revolution and mm. stuff like that and i think in that sense i kind of changed the mindset of a lot of my classmates and even my teachers in a way because it was the first time they ever had a student who mm. was so like curious and like actually wanted to speak up Mm. and i don't know i don't think that was because the other classmates didn't want to speak up it's just so conditioned in their heads that you're just supposed to let the teacher talk i think you you and i have had like a very different experience with Mm. public school like i was more mm, i was more in the background in being the background Uh like i was scared of standing out because i already stood out for not being Japanese. For me, I had the opposite thought. Mm. I was like, I'm already standing out, so I have no choice but to uh, use that attention for good, kind yeah. of. Because a, a, the thing is, a lot of Japanese people have, like, not, not like, a bad mindset, but a n- not really an accurate perspective perception of a lot of foreign countries yeah Yeah, foreigners so that was like one thing i remember i was so embarrassed because they they talked about like like the poorest country and then Mm. they brought up like the philippines Mm -hmm. and i was really embarrassed when they when they said that so ever since then i've like shut up but i feel like in a sense Mm. like I don't know if this would be classified as like patriotism Mm -hmm. but i feel like a lot of Japanese education is acknowledging that Japan is such a good country. Uh, I mean, like, nationalism and patriotism are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Japan, there's only one word for both. Nationalism. Yeah. Aikokushi. Love for your country. Yeah. I guess because, like, I've lived in so many countries, Mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to see the good and the bad. Uh, 
because like I just compare it immediately to the other right. places I've lived in but yeah it's been interesting I don't think I would be the person I am today if it wasn't for like going through that public school experience sure. in Japan for I think about that a lot it toughened me up yeah even high school in Japan toughened mm-hmm. me up I mean like sometimes I catch myself I mean the <laughs> stereotype in like in Japan is that uh-huh. if you go to public school like some of your language is like crass mm-hmm. you sound kind of rough that's how I sound like sometimes when I speak to my my friends they're like oh like where did you why do you I use think that I, I've I've had that like once mm. But that, but then again, I went to a school in like a good area, uh, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think also because for me, like, I I think in English, and then my brain translates to Japanese. Uh, so sometimes I'm thinking of like, I want to express this in like a bad way. Okay. But like, there's not. I don't know that many Japanese swear words. But there aren't that many. Yeah, yeah. For so example, I'm just like, like in the train, my mom rides um, the cycle line, uh-huh. which is like oh, it's one. Of, it's one sometimes. of the more like crowded mm-hmm. trains. Mm-hmm. But she gets sometimes like people elbow mm-hmm. use their elbows to like shove her around, and apparently what she always says is "yamete kudasai," and I was mm. like, "Why are you still polite?" And then so she stops saying that and she says. Yamete. But mm. Yamete is still like. Yamete is still nice. Right? So I told her, I was like, you need to demand it. Uh-huh. And I was like, you just have to say Yamero. Yamero is so. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot picture myself saying Yamero to a. To a. Like someone I don't I say know. that. I say that to my friends. I'm like, oi. Yamero. Well, like to your friends, <laughs> yeah. Like to people who are listening who don't speak Japanese. Yamete kudasai is like. Please stop. Please stop. Yamete is like stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yamero is like you have to fucking stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just how you say it. Mm. It's it's what it means. Yeah. Maybe I should add a segment like where we just explain <laughs> Japanese words. Slang. Japanese like It's not even slang, it's actually just how you change yeah. who you speak to. That is one of the things I, I have a love-hate relationship with yes, Japanese. Yes, for sure. And Keigo. Mm. Yeah, no, I hate if that. If someone is a few, uh, is in a different grade than mm-hmm. you, the you way you to speak to them polite. changes. Yeah. And if you work somewhere um, and they started working before you, even if they're younger than you, it's automatically you have to use the respective form and you hold, like, yeah. That would be so annoying for me. Yeah, so now I've told everyone that I work with, I'm like, I am, I really, like, I don't care if I'm yeah. older than you, you can say whatever. Yeah. You can call me without the song. Yeah. You don't have to use on I, I feel like, honestly, having that polite language kind of puts a distance between you and that person. Mm. And I don't see, like, it's already a weird to, like, become friends with people. It's hard to become <laughs> yeah. friends. It's not weird, but it's, it's like, it's, it's, hard. Hard, it's hard, to hard to become to friends with friends. people. And then on top of that, if you have to be, like, extra respectful to them. Yeah. Like, I was having, like, my first rehearsal for a dance project the other day. Mm-hmm. And these two boys came up to me and they were super casual. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I asked them their age because I was being, like, careful. Yeah. And then they were like oh i'm 15 and i'm 16 and i was like i'm 19 and i just laughed but i'm a foreigner so i don't expect them to like 
be super like I don't even think about it and then they were immediately like bowing and they were like oh, oh my god I'm so sorry uh, <laughs> you're like our senpai and I was yeah. like no it's okay <laughs> I don't care <laughs> I'm like I've had like the opposite experience oh I found out someone was like I I, I was the other it was the other you way. were the young one I was the younger one <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't start freaking out. I was uh-huh. like, hey, like, and I, I started using more casual language. <laughs> I think that kind of put them off, but they got used to it, so now they don't care. I feel like that's you with everyone. Like you, you kind of have a very specific communication style, mm. and you just impose it, and then everyone is like, okay, fine. Actually, like I do have this other example. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend. Um, he's. A couple of years younger than me and mm-hmm. we worked together so when we first met i spoke to him using like um the honorifics uh-huh like i'd call him like sang sang yeah or kung i actually i kung transi- is not I honorific i transitioned from sang uh-huh. to kung and eventually i just dropped the entire like wow <laughs> and he didn't even notice oh i brought it up yesterday when i saw him and he was like yeah it i must have like not cared like <laughs> mm. it was yeah I don't think so many people are anal about it. I think that's the thing about a lot of things in Japanese mm. culture. If it's reminded, then people will like kind of abide by the rule. But if if no one mentions it, people are actually pretty chill. Ah, you know what that brings me what, to? What? That whole gender role that we were talking uh, about earlier. Yeah. Because I was talking to these same guys that yeah. I was just talking about. Um, and we were talking about gender roles in Japan. And I said... I don't like the traditional this idea of like oh once a girl gets married she has to choose between work and she has to do all the chores mm. she has to choose between work and like family and i was mm. like i hate that and then they said oh but a lot of us guys in this generation don't really care like if you would do the cooking or if you don't like that's true and i was like huh things are changing yeah for the yeah, better for the better hopefully yeah so on that note mm. do you have like any last words or things that you would want people to know people who have like never been to japan well right now is not the greatest time to come to japan, <laughs> given the uh, coronavirus, coronavirus. <laughs> please don't come yet <laughs> yeah. i'm actually like sorry this is kind of a uh-huh. topic I'm supposed to go to bali <laughs> in two weeks oh I don't know, even if we could leave, I don't know if we could come back. I was supposed to go to Singapore, cancel that. Yeah. I'm like... I don't think you should go. I know, I can't get a <sighs> refund for anything, like, for oh, a flight wow. or for the resort. That hurts. It hurts. Ugh, do you sorry. want a nice vacation and cute like... Insta pictures, or do you want to stay alive? <laughs> well, actually... Um, side note, the coronavirus is not fatal in most cases. Yeah. Is it too much to ask for both? <laughs> Do I have to choose? True, that's a mood. Ugh. But yeah, it's sad because the Tokyo Olympics, like I was really looking forward to that. But I don't oh think, God, I, I feel like Olympics? no one's gonna come. No, you know, I've always been a skeptic of the Olympics being held really? in Japan. At first I, I was like, like, Japan is gonna kill it, they're gonna be so organized. And then now I'm like, hmm, spoke too soon. Um, I think for me, I've always been wary of it because of mm. the LDP government. Uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> the LDP has held power in the government. They've been the majority. They've been the government for like 
long, since 1955. Long, 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 long time. Um, and basically, the, the prime minister, not Abe, mm. he he's sort of using the Olympics to boost his, like, to prove or, like, to justify his hold of power. Well, he was, was not, not really working, though. It's not working. But still, people won't go out to vote him out, so... True. I'm so glad I'm Japanese now. I can Wait, do you, do you see the possibility mm-hmm. of, like, any type of revolution happening in Japan? In the next, let's see, how many years? Five years? No. <laughs> I always wondered, because, like... Okay, the last time there was this much kind of general dissatisfaction about the Japanese government was in 2011, I guess. Ah, uh, yes. For me, that when I was here, and you know who was with in, the you know who tsunami was in, earthquake. Who was the prime minister then? He was not from LDP. Oh. He was from the Democratic Party. Is that Party. why? That's why they were booted off. Oh. Uh. And now they're just going to switch like, with back. the opposition or like with the minority party, mm-hmm. as soon as they like they fuck up one small thing, yeah, they're like public like, enemy number yeah. one. But with the LDP, because they've been in power for so long, even if they do mm. like the most salacious things, yeah, with the scandals and like bribery, mm. people just sort of accept it. They're like, oh yeah, this is this is what they are. Like this is what proof they've always been. They've always been corrupt. Mm. So people have like normalized it they're like oh yeah this is normal but I mean it's it's so easy for like Abe to control the public opinion because literally all the top newspapers journals Mm. are like his friends like the the CEOs and like well the newspaper company story is like another thing so Mm. the press club system in Japan Mm. is another issue as to why he's held power for so many years but another thing is Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> He's close friends with like. I feel like, like also people don't really owners. like change in Japan. Change think, is uncomfortable. And I think it's well, also that's like they everyone. think it doesn't affect them. True, true, Many true. Many people think that politics don't affect their everyday lives, which is why they're. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, if if not, then what is politics for? <laughs> they just think it's something that happens in like their small TV. Mm, mm, true. Or they hear about it, or they see it on the cover of a newspaper. Mm. Like, hey. I mean, even some of the politicians look like they don't care at this point. Well, many of them are actually third-generation politicians. Their grandparents were, uh-huh. um, like, first member yeah. of the actual, like, they parliament were after of it was established in... Naturally 19- yeah. brought into that profession. Mm. Mm. And actually, funny story, mm. most successful third-generation politicians are grandkids of like ex-prime minister prime ministers whose dads because they're third generation Mm. whose dads didn't really have a successful political career Mm. and most of them inherit their grandparents ideology rather than their fathers so for example at this point this is like french monarchy (laughs) well okay so for example like abe Uh his grandparent was prime minister kishi Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if I should be saying this. Like he was supposed to be convicted of class A war crimes. Wow. But he wasn't because he was an Anglophile. Mm. So he was top choice by the Americans to become first prime minister. Okay. Alleg- <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> don't get 
get me censored out here. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's interesting. So you want to become a journalist? Not in Japan, if I not yet. No, I don't think so. You can. <laughs> but you know, like、mm. when there's something going on, the first people to go are the journalists. Yes. I'm kind of scared of that. I think you can do it.、Mm. Even just from like this this podcast conversation discussion thing alone, <laughs> I can just see you like on the news already. Mm. I don't know, like so, I took a seminar in political、mm-hmm. science, and my professor was is is a journalist.、Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was reading about was with journalism, you can't get too emotionally involved. Yeah. But I'm pretty. I'm too、mm. empathic in that sense. Yeah. Like, I I, I can also really about that that girl who died. But in a way, I feel like being a little bit emotionally attached is what helps you to want to make the story as good as possible. Because、mm. I cannot picture like some of the best journalists in the world and think they're not at least a tiny bit attached to the stories that they put out.、Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. So, wishing you good luck to your future career in journalism. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> like honestly, this was like really interesting because we did not really like plan the topics、oh, before. <laughs> so this was literally just a conversation between、yeah. two like high school friends. Yeah,、And、we're doing this in a park. So yeah, <laughs> there, there's like a lot of kids passing by. Yeah, there was a lady that、people. passed by us like three times because she's on a call. Oh, yeah. Hopefully she didn't listen to us. <laughs> she was not. She was busy with the phone call. Okay, do you want to plug like、um, shameless self promote your your social no, media? No, I don't have anything. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything funny or like nice. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Well, not <laughs> soon. You'll you'll listen to me sometime will, next week、yeah. <laughs> in the new episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.